In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Many times in service we say we rely on God, but is it really that we rely on God in our service or not? Sometimes we rely on several things, but when we rely on anything other than God, we will be defeated eventually. As we read in Ezekiel chapter 29, verse 6 and verse 7, Then all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord, because they have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel. When they took hold of you with the hand, you broke and tore all their shoulders. When they leaned on you, you broke and made all their backs quiver. At certain time, Israel relied on Egypt instead of relying on God. So the Lord is sending message to Egypt and to Israel, telling them the Egyptian will know that I am the Lord, because Egypt is a staff of reed. Usually the staff, we lean on it. If this staff is a staff of reed, when you lean on it, it will break. So he said, Egypt is a staff of reed to the house of Israel. When they took hold of it with the hand, the staff broke and tore all their shoulders. So not only the staff is broken, but the people actually who relied on it, they actually were hurt. Their shoulder is broken. When they leaned on you, you broke and made all their backs quiver. So their shoulder and their backs were hurt. The same meaning we read it in Isaiah 36, verse 5 and 6. Look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. Not only it will break, but it will pierce the hand, go into the hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. But what will happen when we trust on God? Psalm 37 and verse 24 Though he fall, if I am leaning on God, even if I fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Like Peter, as we heard in the Gospel yesterday, Gospel of the Facebook, he started to sink in the water, but once prayed and said, Lord, save me. The Lord actually saved him. He upheld him with his hand and rescued him. What is this staff of reed that we rely on? Because sometimes, as I said, we say we rely on God. But in our heart, there are many staffs of reed that we rely For example, I may rely on my abilities. And maybe I have a charismatic personality and I have a lot of gifts. 
I am well read. I am a lovable person. I have charisma. So people like me. Because of this, I trust in my personal ability. I trust in my gifts. I trust in my knowledge, not on God. Or maybe I trust on my financial resources as a Sunday school servant. So I bring a lot of gifts to the, my class and I take them out and I take them dinner and coffee or whatever. So definitely I'm trying to connect the children to me personally, especially if other Sunday school servants cannot do what I'm do doing. I trust that I have good financial resources. In a way, I can bribe the children using this money to attach them to myself. Or maybe I rely on my popularity. I know if any complaint against me went to Abuna or to the Sunday School Coordinator, Abuna will not be able to take an action with me. Why? Because many families will go to him and tell him, no, he's a good person, he will stand and defend me. So I'm relying on my popularity. In my service, I'm trying to build a lot of, of count in popularity, so I rely on it. And you can see it in the service of some pastors. They rely on popularity, so when they are attacked like on social media or whatever, actually there is a huge reaction from their supporters. Or maybe I make a good connection with some school coordinator, with Abuna, with the bishop. So I rely on my connection with the people in authority inside the church. Anybody actually will يعني, upset me or disagree with me, I will win the discussion because I know Abuna trusts me, Sayyidna trusts me, etc. Maybe we don't say this, but it's in the back of our mind. Or maybe I rely on my age and my years of experience. Sometimes I hear some people say, I have been Sunday school servant for 40 years. My Sunday school students now are bishops and priests and monks and nuns. So he rely on, on this experience and he's bragging about it. Or I rely on my self-righteousness. I keep a certain model in front of the others. I am self-righteous. For example, I attend church on time. I attend all the church, all church activities. I don't skip anything. Usually I take the image of a humble person. And all of this, in my mind, or in my subconscious, how the people perceive me. They perceive me as a godly man. Or I rely on my academic achievement, either my profession or my studies or my uh, academic achievement. So all of this, I rely on it to impress the others. Many, many things actually can be this staff of read that we rely 
And the worst thing, when we rely on these things while we are blind to it, and we believe that we rely on God, but subconsciously we rely on these things in our life. And our heart can deceive us, as Jeremiah said in chapter 17 and verse 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it so unless we examine ourselves by the holy spirit we allow the holy spirit to search my heart as the lord said i the lord search the heart i test the mind even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doings. Sometimes God, in order to wake us up, especially when we are blind to the staff of reed in our life, so God removes this staff of reed. As he said, I will make Egypt like staff of reed, pierce your hand and go to the other side and you will fall and your shoulder will be broken and your back will be hurt. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, takes away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stock and the store, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the honorable man, the counselor and the skillful arts artisan and the expert enchanter. Why actually God will take all these things in order to realize that they need God? These things are not stable. Today exist, tomorrow they are not here. Do you rely on God or do you rely on these things? In the 12th hour of the Agbaya, we pray in Psalm 145. Do not trust in the princes, nor in the children of men, in whom there is no salvation. Their spirit shall go forth and they shall return to their earth. In that day, all their thoughts shall perish. Blessed is he whose helper is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all things in them, who keeps the truth forever, who executes judgment for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. And we saw people who trust, for example, in the leaders of the country. When a change in the government happened, these people actually will be miserable because all their trust is taken away from them. In the same way, in the church, if people just relied on their connections with leaders in the church, when these leaders actually die and there is a change in leadership, the people become very miserable. That's why it says, do not trust in princes or in the children of men, 
in whom there is no salvation, their spirit shall go forth, and they shall return to their earth. In that day, all their thoughts shall perish. Blessed is he whose helper is the God of Jacob, whose God is unchangeable, immutable. Blessed is he whose hope is in the Lord his God. Why? Because God is the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all things in them. He keeps the truth forever. He executes judgment for the oppressed who gives food to the hungry. There are some questions that can help us to see what is my staff of read. If people belittle your academic achievement, do you get angry? If people did not value your age, your experience, your abilities, your gift, do you get angry or upset? What about popularity? If God allowed you to move to another church, with your work you moved from this state to another state, and you go to this state, to a new church, and then people don't know you there. So you don't have this credit of popularity there. I see some people struggle, struggle because they were very, very popular in their own church, but when they relocated to another place, nobody knows them, so they struggle spiritually. When you practice certain practices in the church, to be on time, attend all the prayers, attend all the activities, is this supported by a life in your inner room with God where no one can see you or not? Do you rely on your logic and your ability to argue? What if the persons or the leaders upon whom you rely moved? Are you going to be troubled? So all these questions actually will reveal to you whether you are relying on God or relying on other things in your life. In Jeremiah chapter 17, from verse 5 to verse 8, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the partial places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. So this is the situation of a person who does not rely on God, but rely on a staff of reed. He will be like a shrub in the desert. And the worst thing is, he shall not see when good comes, because good comes from God, but he is relying on other staffs. He is not relying on God, the true shepherd. That's why when good comes, he doesn't see it but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Then Jeremiah compare between this man and the person who trusts in the Lord. Verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, 
and whose hope is in the Lord. Why? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. Tree planted by the waters, not in the wilderness, which spread out its roots by the river. The roots spread to the river because it's planted next to the water, which means this tree will not suffer from drought at all. Even when there is no rain, the roots are very close to the water, to the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. What are the waters? He says here, he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. The waters is the grace of the Holy Spirit. The water is the word of God. The water is the church and its sacrament. The water is all these means of grace that nourish us, give us the nourishment that we need. Like how the water nourish the roots of this tree. The more I grow, the more I spread roots by the river. If the waters are just the church and the grace of the Holy Spirit, the river here is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means spread its roots by the river. I'll be united, I'll be confirmed in him, and he will be confirmed in me. And this actually is the goal of all the sacraments. The, all the sacraments want to reach this goal, to be united with the Lord Jesus Christ, to be one in him, because in him will be children of God. In him we will be eligible for inheritance. In him Satan cannot attack me, because those who are in my hand, Satan cannot attack them. When I am planted by the waters, whether the water is the word of God or the church or the sacraments, then I'll spread to be united with the river with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we will not fear when heat comes. What is heat? Heat is the trials, the tribulations. When there is a trial or tribulations or affliction, I'm not afraid. A tree in the wilderness, when there is no river or water next to it, even if it's green, when there is heat and no rain, it dies. It dies. But if a tree is planted next to the water and the roots reach the river, even if there is a heat, it will not die. But Satan, when he starts attacking me, I will not die. But its leaf will be green. Its leaf will be green. The green leaf represents the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I am bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit all the time. And will not be anxious in the year of drought. Drought, sometimes God actually withdraws His grace from me. Not as a punishment, but for me to grow. Like a mother wants to teach her baby how to walk. So she leaves him on the ground. The, the baby feels he's abandoned by his mother and maybe he will start to cry but the mother did not abandon him she is watching with her eyes over him 
But she wants him to grow, to depend on himself, to learn how to walk. So sometimes God actually withdraws his grace from us in order for us to grow, to learn how to walk spiritually. We will not be anxious during this time. I'm not going to lose my hope or I'm not going to feel that I am rejected and I will not be saved in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. All the time will be yielding fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's why God likened us with shepherd. The clergy are the shepherd. And usually the shepherd has a staff, and this staff helps him in two things. One thing actually to rely on it, while he is walking with the sheep and also rely on it when he climbs high mountain to lead his sheep on the high mountains so they can find pasture and also this staff protects the sheep from any attacking animals so he can actually push the attacking animals away from his sheep this staff is very important because if the shepherd falls down, the sheep will be scattered. As the Bible tells us, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. What is this staff in our ministry? It is the grace of God. We should rely on the grace of God, not relying on a staff of reed. When actually we rely on the grace of God, this helps us while we are in our spiritual journey. It will be support to us. It will help us to climb the high mountains. Climbing high mountains means we are taking my sheep, my class, and growing together. Growing together. And high mountain means the union with God. Because they used to build the temple on the mountain. That's why many prayers, I lifted up my eyes to the mountains from where I get my, my help. Climbing on high mountains while we are relying on this staff, which is a work of grace, will help me and will help also our children. And also protect us from the attacks of Satan. As the, the staff protect the sheep from the attacks of the wild animals. In the same way, this staff, the work of the grace and the work of God on the Holy Cross, this actually will protect me and protect our children from the attacking Satan who attacks us. In our time, we saw His Holiness Pope Krillus, how he relied mainly on the grace of God. There is a story mentioned by and His Grace Bishop Beeman of blessed memory who used to be the Bishop of Malawi. He served as a secretary to Pope Kirillus for some time. Actually, you can find this story on the YouTube. And he said, I was sitting with Pope Kirillus and then a group came from one church with a problem in their church. He took from them the, the complaint and the concern and said to one of his disciples or secretary, 
let us go to the altar of St. Mary. And then he put the complaint on the altar and he did a veneration for St. Mary. Then another church came and they have another complaint. So he took the paper and put it on the altar of St. Mark and made a veneration for St. Mark. And the third one, he put it on the altar of St. George and made a veneration. And fourth one, I think, St. Mina. And he did veneration. And after this, actually, second day, the four groups came to Pope Credos and reported to him that the problems were solved. Many times, actually, we spend time in solving problems, trying to bring somebody to the church while we don't pray for this person, which means I'm relying on my effort. Let me tell you a very personal story happened with me. When I was serving in the first year of middle school in Egypt, it is the seventh grade. I remember the change of service is in September, so I, I took the new class in September. I remember that one person in our class did not show up at all from September to February. Although every week, every single week, I went to his house, reminded him of Sunday school, asked about him, he promised me that he will come, and he did not. Then actually I was discussing this case with uh, my Sunday school uh, coordinator, and he told me uh, uh, a strange advice. He told me, this week, don't visit him, but spend the time of visitation in prayer. And that's exactly what I did. So I did not go to him, and I spent, for example, if visitation takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I spent this 10 minutes or 15 minutes praying for him. And to my surprise, the following day, I found him in the class, which was a lesson to me. Maybe if he came, because I visited him regularly every week for four months, I would believe that it is my effort that brought him to the church. But God wants to teach me a lesson. Yes, we need to do our part. I'm not saying just to pray and don't do visitation. I'm not saying just when there is a problem, just do veneration and that's it, and don't try to address the problem. I'm not saying this. But I'm saying you need to rely on God while you are doing your part. Rely on God. And God every now and then try to teach us It is not our effort, it's not our ability, it's not our resources, but it's only by Him that He visits and changes the heart of of the people. Uh, St. Paul was disciplined at the feet of Gamalail, but he was not converted to Christianity except after the Lord met him. Who was the main element in the conversion of St. Paul? It is the meeting with the Lord on the road to Damascus. Many fathers said also another lesson touching the heart of St. Paul is the martyrdom of St. Stephen. Because St. Paul himself mentioned how, as part of his confession, how he approved the martyrdom of St. Stephen. He said this in one of his trials. You can find it in the book of Acts. All these lessons from Gamalail 
did not convert St. Paul. What converted him when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus and the example of St. Stephen who shed his blood for the sake of the Lord. So maybe you read 10 references to prepare a Sunday school lesson. Maybe you listen to several sermons and at the end you prepare a very, very powerful Sunday school lesson. But you did not pray. You did not stand before God asking Him to send you the word, to send the proper food in due season for the listeners. Then all what actually you are doing will not be profitable. The same, you can do visitation, you can do many activities to the youth, but do you spend the time praying for them, asking God to touch their hearts and to touch them or not? This will show you whether you are relying on God or relying on other staffs of read in your life. Not only in service, but even in our own spiritual life. Mar Isaac of Syria said, if you believe there is another way for repentance other than prayer, you are deceived by the devil. Why? I want to quit a certain sin in my life. So I'm trying. I read about it. I did some exercises, spiritual exercises, to overcome this sin. But I never prayed. I never asked the grace of God to be with me and to help me. So I will fail. And this is what Pope Shenouda actually wrote it beautifully in a song in, in this song, uh, he was speaking about a person who is trying to repent, but relying on his vows, on his power. I will struggle more. I will control myself more. I will do more. But then, as he said in the song, I returned back to the sin over and over, over and over. Until in the last verse, he realized that the power is from above, from you, not from me. And he concluded the, the song, as long as you are with me, I will not fall again. As long as you are with me, I will not fall again. So let us put our trust in the Lord, whether in our spiritual life, whether in, in service, whether in, in visitation, preparing lessons. I remember when we were in Sunday school and there were more than one servant in class. For example, if we are two or three servants in class. One person or two were giving us a lesson in Sunday school. But the other actually can have a small chapel. So they used to go to this small chapel and pray for the servants who are giving the lesson. So while actually there is a lesson given to the class, other servants are praying. Also, we had more than one prayer meeting for the service because we realize that service without prayer, without relying on God, is, is failure. I remember in the beginning of the, sun, the, the Coptic year, there was a day dedicated for fasting and a late liturgy 
uh, is prayed from four to six, so all the servants fast this day and attend the late liturgy for actually the service. And then before the Sunday school service, all the servants meet together and pray for 30 minutes before they start service. And after we finish the, the service, we had meeting with our Sunday school coordinator and another prayer meeting. This beside a weekly prayer meeting on Wednesday for one hour. One hour. There is no lessons, there is no spiritual word. It is only prayer. And you can see all the Sunday school servants, all of them attending this prayer meeting. And the attendance of the prayer meeting may be more than attending the servants' meeting. And then the servants' meeting also starts with about 30 minute prayer. All these prayers and all these liturgies helped the servant in their service because this proves or, or teaches us that we are not serving relying on our power, but relying on God. What is the place of prayer in your service? How many times you spend praying? How many minutes, how many hours you spend praying for your class? I'm sure the, the deacons notice on the altar, we have a list of all the clergy in, in the diocese here. Because we agreed together that what is very important is just to pray for one another. If we didn't do anything for one another except for praying for one another, that's very, very important. And all of us, we made this commitment to pray for one another so God actually can help us in our ministry. If you're really relying on God, your prayer will be very important element in our life. I will conclude again with the same verse from Psalm 37. Verse 22, those blessed by him, by God, shall inherit the earth. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and God, he delights in his way, in the way of the man. Though he fall, even if we fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now I am old, yet... I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendant begging bread. May the Lord help all of us to rely only on him, not on a staff of reed, because those who relied on a staff of reed in their life, they were hurt and their ministry actually failed. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.